Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. That's how we own it. What's good, everybody? I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, The General. And we are your host of Street Politicians, the, the place, place where the streets, streets and politics meet. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Let me just start off by saying that I appreciate so much. We appreciate all those who have been downloading our podcast. Thank you. Listening Continue to, to it. get to yes, it. Yes, listening man. to it on iHeart uh, uh, Podcast Network, and then also downloading the episodes on iWoman.tv. You go there, subscribe. And go and watch free episodes. You know, someone said to me the other day, why we got to subscribe? Why do I have to put my email address in? Well, you, you don't sub- say that about Apple Music. That, well, and, Do y'all say and that about Netflix? Netflix and all these you got to subscribe like you subscribe to everybody else. That's right. When a black woman owns the network. Yeah. Um, shout out to often, Kathleen Trigg Jones. Shout out to Kathleen Trigg, the yes. founder, developer, creator of our woman and our friend. TV, that's our friend. and that's our friend and the and the uh, director of this show. Yes, and um, you know we have to make sure that we take care of our own the same way we do everyone else. So we ask that you go subscribe. Now you can listen to it on iHeart, which by the way you subscribe when you do that too, because they gonna know who you are when you go in to sign exactly. up for a podcast. But um, for for iWoman dot tv i woman dot tv be clear dot with the dot okay i woman dot tv you go there register and you can actually see this podcast because we uh, be fly too you don't want to miss these this fly okay game. you don't want to miss vlad this. and mia uh, shout that's out to their, vlad and mia shout out to vlad and mia that they are always and me too, on the you know, oh please they if they don't listen, help you help me what? you would be Shit, don't you need you help crazy. Vlad and Mia they Listen, are life saving it ain't what's on you it's what's in you baby well that's a fact you know what I'm they talking are about? on it every single week making sure that we look good are. and um, that we're presentable because I wear my sweatsuits every day since the pandemic bro I don't know how to get dressed I'm not gonna lie I do not know how to get dressed and the last yeah, I'm and sweatsuited then, up and the shoes 
Listen, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we're going back to wearing your Louboutin, Louboutin, how do you say it, Kat? Louboutin. I just don't know if I can go back to a red bottom from the car to the, I can't do it. It's just, I literally put my shoes on right here on the side of this chair to stand right over in the corner and take a picture. I'm, I have lost my way in terms of getting dressed for myself. <laughs> and if it wasn't for Vlad and Mia pushing me to get dressed up and to, and to do stuff, I just don't know. It's very difficult to go to Zoom in your living room or your kitchen or wherever area in your house in your most fabulous fashions. Yeah, it's a lot. It's, you know, this pandemic has done a lot to our minds. And that's why today's episode is like primarily built around mental health. Yeah. You know, it's, it's mentally draining, you know, especially in New York. There's no indoor dining. There's no club. There's no recreation, pretty much, with, with the exception of the gym is where I go get a, a lot of my energy. You know, I've been able to utilize working out as energy. But a lot of people are just locked in the house. They're scared. You know, the numbers are spiking. People are dying. People are getting infected at higher rates. So it's it's a lot, man. We're dealing with so much mental health in these times. So your shoes, you know, is understandable. My ones, my Jordan ones, my Tims, and like that's a few other combat boot situations, that's what I wear when I get dressed. I love a day when nobody talks to me and I don't have to do anything. Now that's very, very, very rare. But I don't I don't understand why we have to be on the Zoom camera all day long. Well, something gonna I happen think to me. Listen, I don't like you ain't stuff. outside. Just think you just don't want to do nothing. Like <laughs> you can't go to the place, right? Before we had to fly and we had to do speaking engagements and we had to go to colleges and we had to do this and we had to be on seven hour flights, four hour this flights. Is true. We and did all these it things. In the winter. And y'all mad remember about how, the Remember how we used to have to go to like North Carolina and Ohio and other places in the wintertime and we would get snowed in and be driving on ice and night yeah. and sliding. I mean, so we can't, you gotta have different. something. Something gotta happen. Like you just ain't gonna just sit home and just do nothing. But you wear your slippers to your Zoom. Yeah, so that's what I'm trying to tell you. You <laughs> mad at the Zoom and you can wear slippers. But your it, feet ain't even hurting. But you got to stand on the stage, right? I did. With, with, with my red bottoms. I remember for 45 my, minutes. I think it was like my ankle from one of the marches that we did. Yeah, you my ankle was messed up. And I stood on the stage and said to everyone, I was like, listen, guys, my leg is messed up and it hurts a lot, but y'all wasn't going to get me out here without my shoes on. So I'm standing here in pain with this good, good, brand new red bottom, which by the way, y'all don't understand this, but you need yeah. to know that the new ones, oh, listen, listen, it's a difficult process. Difficult. However, I'm going to be cute when it open back up. Don't worry. I'm going to be cute. I'm going to be God cute. bless you, man. I'm going to wear me some Tim's and some... Some Jordans and no, I'm call you, it a you day. dress. You, you, Vlad and Mia work well with you, and they also yeah, they work go get well you with some me. Tims and, some Jordans. and they, they hook us it. up. But the mental health component of it is so it's so real what you said because sometimes I do get up and say, damn, like you don't even know. Like, I don't even know what it is to have certain types of gatherings and meetups with people. And thank God 
in our situation, or I don't know, not thank God, because the work we do is so traumatizing and the, pe- and the situations that we have to work on. But we at least get to move around more than other people. There are people who are working from home. Their kids are at home all day. Their uh, spouses are there. And, I, you know, I'm a firm believer that people need space from each other. Home People in their home, kids don't need to see their parents all the time. You know, people need space. And to have everybody locked in, it has to be causing trauma. A serious, it's traumatic. It's traumatic as hell that you can't see other people and go places. And I, I do miss my girlfriends and us going out and having a drink. I miss my favorite restaurants. I miss going to Sylvia's in Harlem regularly that was my liver that's my kitchen <laughs> sylvia's in harlem is literally my kitchen right. and it's where you know sylvia's history is so rich because at sylvia's everybody has been through there every celebrity every um every politician and it's almost it's almost like us a, a, a therapy session when you go there and get to be around family and other black people who are striving for greatness. And to not have that is real. It's hard. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. It's a lot for men. You know, we usually have our meetups. You know, it's rough for us. You know, usually we go sports bars. You know, watch the games, watch the Super Bowl. You couldn't even go watch the suit. Like those are big days that men just congregate all in one big place and you can't even do that right now so you know i understand you know clubs we used to go to a club every now and then just have a good time just unleash it's just like now you're just taking liquor back to your home you're frustrated That's the fact. you know and, and you're arguing with your spouse or somebody in the house because they you they tired you drunk you frustrated because you can't go out you sharing this it's just a lot of trauma and that's why this mental health thing is something that I've come to realize it's serious. Yeah, it is. Because I didn't even identify with it before. But mental health, like somebody like, like, yo, you got issues. And I'm like, you bugging. Like, I, I'm perfect. Like, you crazy? I, my mind, I'm one, I'm a genius. Like, what are you, there could be nothing wrong with me mentally. <laughs> like, are you crazy? Like, you talking about me? Like, me? And then I started to pull back layers and just start identifying with certain things and saying to myself, damn, maybe that is a little different. Mm. Maybe these things do come from things that have happened. Maybe I am triggered. Maybe I am dealing with trauma from childhood. Maybe I am dealing with trauma from prison. Maybe right. I am dealing with just different traumas, you know, because I identify with certain ways that I think and things that I do. It's not really the norm. The average person doesn't do them, but I've normalized it, you know. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting better. I don't have a therapist yet, but I'm moving towards it. You know, I'm moving towards... Yeah, your therapist's name is Linda Sarsour. That's Linda your is, therapist. Linda is definitely... Her and Omar Pringle. And Omar, Omar Pringle, your best Omar friend. Therapist. And your partner at um, Until Freedom, our other co-founder. Those are your therapists that you talk to. Because you and I, it don't work. Because we just oh, start no, no. arguing and, and going Because we don't agree. Because I just don't agree. We just don't agree. With you about a whole bunch of ways that you think. I just think it's worth Thank you, yeah, but and, and Linda will say, no, my son. Because we both right. have trauma, right? So we bring in our trauma to a conversation. Linda's trauma, Ty, what are you talking no, I don't, about? I think Linda's trauma is different, right? Yeah, you know well, what I'm saying? If you're, if Linda's you're not trauma is black, not black, it's very different. Exactly, because your trauma comes from black experiences. Black men, black women, my trauma comes from black experiences. Mm-hmm. So when we come from different perspectives of that experience and we have a conversation, the trauma shows up. Oh, yeah. Because I'm traumatized when I'm trying to reason with your craziness. But 
I think from Linda's perspective, it is true because she will say to me, like, wow, black people's, the way you all think and the way that you live is very different, you know, and she knows that. But she also is a very good person to talk to. So we do have people around. Yeah, we have soundboards. Yeah, we, we have soundboards. We have soundboards. And, and, and it makes us think. So, you know, I'm always thinking. And I have like 16,000 million 175 thoughts of the days today i just want i'm Love i'm struggling this is what mental health to means. decide it, when well, you it can't is. figure out one thing <laughs> this one thought about then you are dealing with mental health you have to unpack Lord and i really you know i'm struggling with picking the one that is most significant because i want to talk about relationships i want to talk about stuff i just want to talk about a bunch of stuff but i think you know, in a few weeks ago, my son, Tariq, um Nine Five, we did a live together that I had no idea how many people like he's a he's a he's brilliant. He's brilliant. He's a master marketer, very, you know, similar to you in a lot of ways in terms of how he thinks. Because he kept saying, Mom, you know, the rest of your life is in the world. We might as well talk about our stuff. Right. And he's like, I'm telling you, my people, my friends, you know, they have the same problems with their parents that I have with you. And the reason why this came up is because his album was being released. He loves music. He does music. Uh, he is an artist. And I listened to two words of one song and said, I can't put this shit on my social media. There's no way I can support this. I can't do nothing with this. Like, and it's not even bad music. It's music that I do listen to. On, you know, on the side. And some of it I can actually, I can promote. When I'm listening to other people. Dang when I'm, you know, when Cardi and Meg is dropping and they talk about that wop. That's not my son. That's not my child. So, but when it's him, again, that scrutiny, you know, that people we don't like to talk about. But it's real. I be, I be feeling away. And so, I was trying to figure out, Tariq, what do I do to support you with your music? Knowing that. The things you're saying and the ways in which you frame your thoughts is just outside of what I think people can deal with. They can't even deal with me talking about Kim Kardashian on, on my page. They, it's a meltdown on my page that's been going on for the last few weeks about me saying one thing about Kim Kardashian. They be like, I can't believe this. They can't deal with me posting myself in a bathing suit. Okay, a, a bikini. They can't deal with a certain, just a lot of things that I do. So imagine me posting some of his music, which is his real, true, authentic thoughts. Okay? I, I don't know what to do. And I guess my the thing I'm trying to figure out is how do you balance, especially supporting your young black man, as a mom who has a platform with the fact that I can't control what he does. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, I think for me, right. Cause I had this conversation with my son, right. Cause he's into music like all of them are. He's a great artist. And he's, well. and he's dope, you know? And I think when he first started, right. I explained to him, you know, I can't tell you who you are. Mm. You know, I, I've given you, you know, direction, I've given you wisdom, I've told you certain things. I'm not here to live your life or tell you what to say and what not to say. But I also have who I am, mm. right? 
So when the music or the content of the music that you make goes disaccordant to what it is that I represent, I'm not not going to support you, but I can't I can't knowingly and will, willingly promote something that goes against what it is that I represent. Right. You know, so understand that. It's not that I don't want to support you, but if I'm out here telling everybody else's kids, yo, listen, we got to we got to work on unity and this and that and you talking about shooting them up and how much dope you going to sell. It, but it they co- don't even sell dope. But that's Why what I'm do saying. these kids so, rap about these What I'm things? saying is, if that's what you, your content right. is, they because I remember really when I was that. young, they don't really say not that. really. But I'm just trying to say, if if, if your content is just, just that's just a you know just an, an example. example, right? You know, I remember when I was young, I was my song Lefty Gun in the Right Palm, popping niggas in they sleep so they die calm. You know, I know, you I understand that. There's an evolution. So while you evolving. You have to do that. You got to get gotta, to that process. When you you got to evolve. You know what I'm saying? And when you get to a process where you're able to, you know, the fact that I understand music and I understand what you're going through, I'm going to give you pointers on how, you know what? Everybody's saying that. You know, everybody's talking about how much lean and how much perks they pop and how much money they got, how much gun. They t- all talking about that. If you want to win, talk about exactly who you are as right. a man, right? right. Because it's, it's more authentic than saying, you know what, this is what everybody is going along with. Not saying that you're just making them stories, but I'm saying that you're utilizing an aspect of something that you may have experienced. One aspect, One aspect. of your life, what you've seen. Like, we saw those things, exactly. too. We lived through that, too. Because my son will say to me, because sometimes I listen to his music and I just be like, son, was you I just don't this? know when this happened to you. <laughs> we, we all but go then through that. he'll tell me that I've different been, you don't experiences. Know what's going on. And it be thing, and then I'll be remembering like, word that did happen, or you were there, or you, you, your friend did get killed, and you know, and 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 you did have beef with these people, and I was hoping that the situation wouldn't go the wrong way, so I could kind of see it, but it's like really, and he's like, Ma, you, you don't really understand my full, like who I am. In the fullness, and what I but say the thing is, is that he's not giving that's it in not the fullness. your fullness. It's not your fullness. But he's on love songs now, so he must be. You know, my son is a, and and Nasan is too. Your son is also because he loves his girl, and you know they've been together since I've known y'all, yeah. or at least you know some a lot of the years since I've known you guys, and that's been a while. But my son is a lover of one. That's who he is. I never understood that. I would be like, why do you want to be in a relationship with one person so early in your life? You 17, But if you sit there and think about yourself, or I think about me, you know, that's how I was. When I was young, I had one relationship for six years. The first first girlfriend throughout my whole high school, after I got out of high school, for like six and a half years, like this was the only girl I was with because that was just how it is. Like when you, when men... And I think what happens in those situations, it shapes who you are, right? If that situation turns out good and you and that girl stay together and it's not nothing that breaks, but if that girl breaks your heart, it turns you into somebody else, right? So it's not... Yeah, but it didn't for him. Well, I, I don't know who broke whose heart. Exactly. But he, she didn't, every time he does the same thing in terms of getting back in a relationship with one girl, and I appreciate the fact that he's not out here slinging and dinging like I get it I, I appreciate it but I do feel like it makes him more vulnerable to heartbreak and 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 just you know other challenges and things that he's been through in relationships but I see he's now on his live or on his uh, page 
with his his a bottle that he must have been drinking, some kind of tequila, Lord and he's using that as a prop, and he's as telling the bottle all these great things about. Because you know he's he's a comedian, he's a comedian, he's fun, very funny. So he's telling the bottle all these things about what he would do for her if you know they get together. And then he wrote some stuff about how he's looking for the right woman, and so I guess you know. It's a good thing that he's looking for. He, you know, he lives in a state, well, in a city, in Atlanta, that is dangerous to just be running wild. Like you got to be real yeah. careful because, unfortunately, HIV is a real serious problem there. And so I guess I don't mind that he's trying to settle down. But sometimes he and I just talk two totally different languages, mm. totally different. And I want to be supportive of him. It's not that if he was, my, I don't have a daughter. So I can, I mean, I have, I have a young woman who I raised and she is like a daughter to me and that's Cheyenne. Um, but you know, she doesn't live in my household all the time. So I don't have a daughter that I'm, I'm responsible for the way I am my son. And I know how hard this world is to boys. And so it just makes me want to support him. But I already know that I have to be careful with how I approach supporting him. Now, he'll turn around and say, okay, yeah, but watch your favorite song on the radio. I'm just trying to understand. So he, so he'll point out that he sees hypocrisy there. But to be clear, I ain't, I might post that. I don't see what y'all, compl- you know, I, I might post I think, my defense, I but I don't put the words of the I song on me, my page. Right? I think for me, right? And it's not to take any stabs at these kids, but WAP is who Cardi B is, right? That's been her full self since she's came to, you know, existence. You understood that Cardi B was a stripper who came from the bottom in the Bronx, who this was her normal life. Every day she was in the strip club, she was having fights, she was shaking. This is what she, this is who she was. You understand? So people look at that and say, yo, this is Cardi B. So when she talks about it, you immediately identify with it because there's a connection of authenticity. I think for us, looking at our children, right, and understanding what we've been through and understanding that we've actually given them a better path than we've had, right? So when they talk as if they're talking to us, you know, like they, like they've been through what we do. It's like it's hard to identify with it. Maybe someone else they can. They have but for me, been right through what we've been through. Well, I don't know, but you know what? These kids be doing stuff we don't know about. That's you, one problem. But the thing about it, even not know about it, I think for me is, did you ever have to? Right. That's the thing. You they know? get themselves in stuff that they should not be in, and then their experiences become hardships that it should not be. And that's my problem. So I think now, I knew my therapy session with you was going to be okay today. Today. Because that is actually the heart of the issue for me. It's like, yeah, I know that y'all got shot at in a park. But why? But why did you go to To the the park park over there that I told you don't be over there. And even, the, only do is she- and even the, the, the old heads over there, what y'all call them, the OGs, the OGs. said, you don't live over here. Don't, don't come, come over here. here. And you just want to you just want to try your luck. So now you've been shot at. And you put yourself and in you the situation. And you go to the studio, you mad you at the people, at and now you want to, you, you mad. It's like and you I, living through one side of your experiences. And, and that brings me to what the streets is talking well, about. Okay, what's the streets talking about today? And the streets is talking about pretty much that same thing. I was, you know... My boy Wilo put a, you know, he put a post up the other day, and it was so real to me. He said, "Why are these rappers, right, waiting to get rich, waiting to get out of the hood, to have beef and do the dumb shit, shooting at each other?" And when we was coming up, right, 
when I was rapping, my whole thing was I want to get out of the hood. You know, I want to make a better way. You know, I don't want to be in the streets dealing and doing with all of these things. I wanted to be as far away from problems as possible. So these young boys, 20, 19, 18, are actually getting opportunities to change their families' lives, to change the trajectory of their lineage, you know, to create generational wealth. They're millionaires at teenagers. And they're still doing street shit that's going detriment, to be detrimental to your life and your survival and your freedom. Like, I, the street, I just don't understand what is the obsession, what is the, you know, the, the connection, what, why are y'all so eager to stay in the streets when you don't, you've escaped poverty? Like, I really just don't understand the mindset that comes with that. Because if you're from a place like Harlem, you just can't let it go. Let What is it? Whatever. And it comes with a lot of things because it's like when you go to the hood, you're going to be there for a short period of time. You might hang out, but you could be there for a short period of time because you already know. Somebody get drunk, something happened, there's a fight that breaks out. Somehow or another, you might find yourself trying to break it up, the wrong person say something, and it could just spiral out of control. Best place to stay is in your house. It really is because, it, because when you move around in the world... Things happen all the time, and I think that people like to go, they want to floss, they want to take back to the hood what they were able to accomplish and, you know, what they've been able to obtain, and when they return with that energy, people don't like it. But it's like, why return with an energy that you know Because they don't know, know no better. Just like, because you got money don't mean you got sense. Like, I just keep watching these young boys every other week. One of them is getting killed, yeah, accused of murder. They shot at this one. They robbed this one. It's like, and and, and now you you facing real time. They're not yeah. facing like, you know, oh, this is a misdemeanor. Or this is, you know, just a, a minor infraction. They're really jeopardizing their lives yeah. after they've already yeah. got out the hood. Like, what, what's the fascination with leave that shit alone? Like, you 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 able to change your family's life, man. You, 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 you able to make your family proud, make your mother... Get your mother out to the community and, and change for the better, or actually even come back to the community and make changes in community. How are you contributing to negativity in a community that you actually was able to rise above and, 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 and you know and succeed despite all of the pitfalls? Like you're supposed to come back as an example. Mm. You're supposed to come back giving these young boys opportunities. They're not supposed to see you as an op or anything. You're supposed to say, yo, you know, I'm I'm coming back. We're going to build community centers. We're going to get jobs. I want to make sure everybody that's from here have opportunities. How are y'all still contributing to the dumb shit? Well, you're giving people more credit than what's but actually... No, I got it. They don't, gotta because just credit. like I said, just because you have money does not mean you have sense. And it damn sure don't mean that you've actually Just because you got dealt. dollars don't mean you got sense. Well, okay. okay. And, 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 and it damn sure doesn't mean that you have dealt with uh, your own internal traumas, your mental health issues. It doesn't mean that, right? Like there, people are so struggling with their health? own. Oh, it, it's it's who, definitely trauma. Who wants to go out into the world and get in trouble for stuff that they tried to run away from? Who wants to do that? Mm. Only somebody who's dealing with a severe mental illness that comes from the trauma of growing up in certain communities and they self sabotage. Right, that's 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 the only 
you know, and and when you self sabotage, that is that means that you're dealing with some mental health issues. Like people think mental health, and that's why I'm so glad that um, the the mental health community of experts are working so hard to help people normalize that these things are real and that a lot of people are dealing with it. Looking at Charlemagne. I mean, Charlemagne spends so much of his time trying to promote people getting help. Yeah, and it's he's, important he's about that. because in the past, it was like you had to be a loony person, or at least that was the language that was used. You was loony, you know, you, you was looking a certain way or acting a certain way. And that was what was considered to be crazy. So you didn't want to necessarily go get help because getting help meant that you were crazy. We're now learning that mental health shows up in anxiety. It shows up in how you eat. It shows up in the amount of sex that you have sometimes or the people you choose to have sex with or the people you stay in relationships with knowing that they're not doing you right or the people you choose to, you know, be around that you know don't have your best interests at heart. That's a mental illness. And it's something... And so when you try to ask questions like, well, why would they? Because they didn't learn anything different and they still haven't addressed whatever's going on on the inside, looking for validation in the wrong places. It's just it's just very sad, man, because every day, you know, you're rooting for one of these young boys. You're like, yes. Oh, I seen, I remember when he was just starting and then you next thing you say, oh, you seen him and they on billboard charts and they seem to be doing well. They flashing some money and they got all these big chains and, and then next thing you know, they got a murder charge. Yeah. Or they, they got shot. Or they in beef. Or they wanted for questioning. Or they caught up in some level of indictment. And it's just like, it's just, it hurts. You know? And I just want to say, man, I know we're dealing with mental health. So I, I, I have to say that. But I also have to say, man, you know, we just got to make better decisions yeah, also. Some stuff just stupid. You know, some shit is just dumb. Some shit is like, you could, we've watched the same tapes. You know, we, we keep watching... Every the same way somebody is dying, they're going back, they're getting to beef with somebody that ain't got nothing that, that's mad at over this. They shooting you, beefing you, going back. You want to prove your ego and this and that. And I'm gonna shoot you and I'm doing this and just continuing the same cycle. Like, we have to break that cycle, we have to break the mentality, we have to just do something different. Man. Mm. What's the movie with Sharif? Was killed. Yes, menace to society. Menace to society, man. We we, we, we saw watch that menace to society um, all the time. And um, when in the house in um in Atlanta, and you know it's the same. I mean, here this young man was. What's his, what was his name? The character, the main. The main character on Kane. Kane, could have got out, he but he couldn't get out. Away. Second, but away. he couldn't get out. And that's how it usually happens, man. We have to change that narrative. We have to do something different. We just got to do better. I'm praying for these young boys, man. Yeah, me too. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, 
Participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating While Broke, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests. But with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound feet of torque. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. have a guest. And who's our guest? Today we have a friend, an actor, an author, a brother, um, a, a historian in his own right, and that is Hill Harper. We're so happy to have hey, you Hey, what's going today. on, Kim? Oh, how y'all doing? It's, it's so good to be on. I appreciate you. I appreciate the wisdom that, that both of you bring to our community. So thank you. It's great to be here with you, and, and, uh, and I'm happy and, and excited to chop it up with you. I left out activists. It's been a rough, rough, rough time. It's been it's been a rough forever. But yeah. the last four years now, you know, we're headed towards the fifth year of struggle and just people feeling really, really stressed out. And to have uh, the last year be painful with the COVID-19 virus has a lot of people feeling really, really stressed. I was having a conversation the other day with my father and my father's caring for my mother who had a stroke recently and she, and they are home because they, they have to be because my mother's paralyzed. She's getting better, but she's paralyzed on her left side, slightly mm -hmm. paralyzed. And then, uh, and then also COVID. And as I was talking to him, it occurred to me that going outside and being around people actually was helping them to stay as young and fly as they have been. And to see that we now are in a time where people are locked in their homes, where black men are locked in their homes with their thoughts and the struggles and the, what I haven't been able to accomplish and the world is beating me down. This is a challenging moment for us. And I, and, and I wonder what you're, what is, what do you feel about that? But also what are you encouraging our brothers to do in this moment? Oh, wow. You know, the, the trauma is real, you know, and it's real for all of us and, and it hits us in many different ways, you know, and I, I come to this, this subject, uh, in a very personal way. Cause you know, many of you out there wouldn't, wouldn't know this, but my father, was uh, a psychiatrist who worked in the uh, in the prison system dealing with uh, 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 trauma and, and recently and he had a program um, that was all about a conditional release program 
getting offenders or so-called offenders out early um, and, and participate in this program so that they could have reentry and dealing with mental health and trauma. And, you know, he, he passed away at the beginning of 2001. And so he was doing so much good work and, and he, he passed way too early. But I think about the mental health of black men is something that we never discuss. It's something that's stigmatized. It's stigmatized from when you're very young. People say, just get up. You tough. You tough. You got this. Come on. And it's also stigmatized from the standpoint of even the black church system. It's like, no, no, no. Don't go to therapy. You know, come come, just pray it out. Pray it out in church, right? Mm. And, um, and, and so, so many men, black men, so many of us are living inside our own heads and feel like that we can't actually communicate it, even to each other. Because we'll be seen as soft, or we'll be seen as 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 as, as not so called strong black men, and it eats you up from the inside. And so we have to have these discussions. We have to say it's okay to cry. It's okay to feel. It's okay to open your heart and 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 feel the pain. It's okay to feel fear. We never talk about fear, right? It's okay to be afraid as a black man, knowing that the world is trying to come at you. I'm wearing this Trayvon Martin hoodie. Uh, you know, it's Black History Month, his birthday's in this month. And uh, and we can talk about the trajectory of time from Trayvon to now and the numbers mm-hmm. of black men that have been killed, whether by police or by, or by so-called civilians um, and proud boys or whatever you want to call the moniker. But the idea that these people can get away with this makes you feel subconsciously that you're not, you're not worthy or worth there's so many things at play that you mentioned. And so we have to be there for each other. Dr. King said, we're all tied together in a single garment of mutual destiny. We have to be there to support each other and particularly black men and black women coming together. Oh man, that, that touches on so much for me. You know, I was about to comment on that Trayvon sweater and understanding the trauma that Trayvon situation caused me. You know, I remember being in Florida when they were reading you know, the where they were, the trial for Zimmerman was happening and they were reading the verdict. And when he was found not guilty, I broke down and cried. And mm. I'm a person that, you know, I've been, t- been taught that you don't deal with emotions. You don't get up, you know, being incarcerated. You don't cry. You don't do all these things. And identifying with the fact that black men hold so much of our pain inside. Like we've been yeah. taught to hold that pain inside. And I remember crying for Trayvon like I probably never cried, right? Throughout my whole life, I probably remember crying like that once or twice in my life. So that just goes to what I what I want to ask. Like, what what do you think that we should do? It's stigmatized, you know, especially men from marginalized communities, from the hood. We've been taught you can't cry, you can't show emotions. We don't even identify with anything being mental health, right? We we we've normalized abnormalities in our communities. What do you how do you think we should go about those of us who are able to identify those things? How do you think we get to those brothers who don't know how to identify, who run from it, who utilize violence or all these things as a coping mechanism? What should we do? That's that you know, that's a great question. And I'll answer that question through through, through a story. Um, I do a lot of work in, in prisons. I do a lot of work in juvenile detention facilities. And I went into one, one time and people would ask me all the time, man, Hill, you know, you know, 
your 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 mom was an anesthesiologist your dad was a psychiatrist you ain't from the hood hood you know how can you can't relate you can't relate to these bangers you can't relate to this you know so what you doing in these prisons talking to these back you know, and and what they don't get and this is real real what they don't get is these young cats they don't care where you grew up mm-hmm. they care if you're authentic when you look them in the eye, like for me, I look them in the eye and I say, I love you. They either feel that that's true or that's not true. They don't mm-hmm. say, oh, what's your zip code? Right. Or what was your family's net worth? You know, it's it's it's, it's whether you love them or not. And and the story I'll tell you is, is somebody who who ran the, the this ward said, tipped me off about this one brother. He said, you're going to do, I, usually I do these group sessions. And he said, there's one cat in there, you know, just, 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 you know, you know, leave him alone. You know, trust me, leave him alone. I was like, you know, whatever. So I'm talking and I see him and, and I knew who he was talking about. And, and uh, I told him, I said, hey, hey, uh, uh, you know, uh, before this is over, because he was giving me all sorts of, you know, you know, eyes and all that. <laughs> and I said, I said, before this is over, I'm a, a you, we gonna hug. Mm. Said, I ain't, I'm, I'm gonna fucking hug you, nigga. I ain't fucking right. you. Fuck you. you right. I said, no, I'm gonna give you a hug for real. I'm gonna give you a hug. I mean, nigga, if you touch me, I'll kill you. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna fucking touch me. Nobody touches me in here. Fuck you. What, you know, it was, it was all of that situation. So, you know, we doing the whole session, the whole thing. I start talk, talking to him and you just see the layers slowly a little bit start to come down. Just, to, I mean, just incrementally, just like, and so that's the point. We as black men have built up these defense mechanisms that are layers upon layers upon layers that have been necessary armor for us to get through this world. Mm. No matter who you are, where you're from, to get through this situation, we put armor on. But what we have to do to answer your question is give each other grace and a safe space to put the armor down and say, okay, that armor served you at this situation in this part of your life, but we're in a different situation here in this room right now in a different part of your life. So I'm what, how can I make space for you? How can I make grace for you to put that armor down? Even if it's for two minutes and he and I got there, and I came over to him right at the end. I said, man, I'm, you know, session's about over. I'm about to leave, but you know, I love you, right? And he didn't say anything, like no comebacks. And I said, you, and I looked at him, I said, I love you. And I hugged him. Mm. And at first he was stiff. And then I felt him exhale, like, whew. And I get emotional telling the story right now. And he told me, dang, I, I it's, it's hard for me to tell the story. I, 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 know, I didn't even intend I was going to tell the story. So you can see how stuff sneaks up on you. Um, he exhaled and he said that no adult man had ever told him, I love you in his life. Mm. Wow. And, and, and that's it, man. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's about love and it's about grace. It's about mm. space and it's about granting each other the ability to be vulnerable. That's it. We have to give each other safe space to be vulnerable. And if that's one-on-one, if that's in a group setting, if that's out in the woods, if that's in a room, safe space to be vulnerable. 
It's so interesting that you're saying that because we on one of these shows we were talking about my father. My father is the perfect imperfect person. He's perfect. I mean, he really is. Uh, everybody loves him. He's stand the man. But the reason why I say he has his own imperfection is, and these are things that he calls out, right? Not me, because I don't see it. He's perfect to me. But he said to me one day, um, I love you. And he said, I know I don't say it often, but I do. I really love you. And I started to think, my dad, I know my dad loves me. Like, I couldn't, I, I didn't understand. And then I began to reflect on the years that he never was the guy who said, I love you, I love you, I love you all the time. That was more of my mother. And even even my dad, he grew up in the house with a father, his brothers, his mother, whatever. Still, there is something that is taught. Like, he didn't have the, the situation where he didn't, there was no other man in the household or, you know, he grew up in, 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 a, in a bad situation. And still... Saying I love you was not normal. Mm. Wasn't normalized. And it's 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 tough because then as a black woman, you wonder how can a man a black man show you the type of love that you need if you all are not even able to express it amongst yourselves or to yourself. Yeah. When I, I went I took a trip to Kenya and I was over there, went up to the uh, with with the Maasai and did a, a whole thing through was this area called Lake Turkana, which is like northern Kenya. And, and it was the Maasai tribe that was going to be our guides. So we're out there getting guided by them. Mm. And these brothers at night, these tall brothers with the red on, they would hold each other's hand. Mm. And that's the first time I'd ever seen that. And I said, what is it? You know, could they stand out there? It's almost like they're standing guard straight up like an arrow looking out over the horizon, holding hands. And the guy explained to me, he said, that's 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 ritual. You know, that's that's the ritual that we establish where before the men, young men go out to unmarried men would go out to uh, do their hunting and, and did that before they go out to do that work. They 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 hold hands. Mm. And that was powerful to me. And I said, damn, you know, we need to bring at least metaphorically that idea back to us. How can we metaphorically hold each other's hand and then that be okay? Right? Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's a lot, man. You know, as just listening to you, right, and understanding, you know, societal norms, just definitely for black men, being incarcerated, you know, having my father die when I was 12 years old from overdose, being a man of my household, and just never wanting to exhibit any level of emotion, mm. right? And, and and never thinking anything was wrong with that. Like, it just, it's just coming down to me that the fact that I was numb from emotion, that every time I thought about exhibiting emotion, I equated it with weakness, mm. right? It's something that I've just started to identify, right? Like, I find myself having to stop from telling my sons not to exhibit any level of emotion, right? Like, they want to hug each other, and I want to be like, I shouldn't be hugging each other. Boys just don't hug each other. These are two, they love each other. This is brother. And mentally, I identify it with something that shouldn't be going on. And I have to stop myself 
from saying no. That it's normal. That's he's showing his brother love. He loves his brother. Why? Why have I equated it with some level of weakness? Why am I? Why have I been taught something like that? How do we get away from that? What, what, what is the down. process? How do we break down these norms that have kept us from being emotional? Because I, I find I have. Problems just in life, relationships, friendships. People like, I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know if you're emotional. I don't know what you did. My wife like, oh, you don't show emotion. It's, we go through these things all the time. Like, what, what, what advice would you give somebody who wants, who wants to see that, who wants to be, who wants to have that connection, who wants to, you know, break away from that? I, I think there's a couple, a couple things that you that we have to make habit. And the one thing that that is so interesting about all these studies show. Uh, there's a bunch of books out there about this called the power of habit and blah, 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 is that habit is actually more important than intention. And so you could have all the willpower and the intentions like I'm going to make sure that I am uh, vulnerable and I'm going to be open and I'm going to, you know, it's just like, it's like working out. I'm going to make sure I work out every day. And it's, and it's really not, they say it's not about the intention. It's about actually creating the space for the habit to exist. And once you start doing something 21 days in a row, and then you get to 60 days, you get, you know, you actually have a habit. So a couple of things, one, having someone to talk to about how you feel, your feelings, right. your emotions, right. therapy, 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 therapy works. It's the best investment in yourself you can make. Um, and, and oftentimes many of our communities, people say, well, I can't afford that, blah, blah, blah. I've heard they're expensive. There's so many social workers out there, so many therapists, so many occupational therapists, so many programs in so many places that have, um, therapy for, for extremely low cost, uh, and in many cases free. Uh, it's just about doing a little bit of research and maybe you have to travel a little bit to get there, but it's worth it. And right now it's actually happening virtually. So you don't even have to go anywhere to, to, to do it. That's number one. Number two is figuring out what works for you habit wise in terms of your own making space for yourself. What do I mean by that? Meditation and taking time every day, even if it's, I'm talking three minutes, just set a timer on your phone and just sit and try to clear and try mm. to feel your heart. I, I went to a retreat one time. His name was Brew Joy. And he talked about, he's passed away. And he talked about our heart chakra. And you don't hear brothers talking about chakras much, right? But hey. it's like, we can learn about that stuff, right? And he taught, he said, your heart chakra exists in four different areas. Compassion, innate harmony, healing presence, and unconditional love. And he said, you don't have to be a master meditator. Just keep thinking compassion, innate harmony healing presence, unconditional love, and repeat those over and over. And he says, you start, you start building that muscle, that heart starts to open and mm. it just starts to happen and just make it habit. It's not like, and so, and don't beat yourself up if you miss a day, but the idea is just start doing these habits that start to open. And you can also poll people in your life. This is a really powerful thing that I use. And sometimes the answers that come back aren't that great because we don't see things that other people often see. And we ask someone to write you a letter or an email saying, what are the things that you see me exhibiting that may be self-sabotage behavior? Mm -hmm. And the people may point some things out and usually they'll do it very gently. But the issue but, with that is when someone asks that question mm -hmm. and you answer it, 
most of the time the the response is I don't really care what anybody thinks. I'm you know I, I I'm doing what I got to do for me. So it's like we also have to break that down. That we actually believe our own stuff. Yeah, we believe our own Kool Aid, if you will. Yes. And it's so many layers but that's to a it. Protection me- mechanism. It's a protection that's fear. Mechanism. That's right. fear based right. protection because it means you have to change and do something different. And people exactly. don't generally like to do that. No, we definitely don't. We get wedded to just being who and how we are. And, you know, but we're all works in progress. And that's the mm-hmm. when I keep saying that word grace. We just got to give ourselves grace. It's okay. It's okay that you're, I have to do that with my son, for instance. So my son's five years old and you're just talking about being a, a, a parent to your, to your sons. My son, he acts up bad. <laughs> and, and, oh, bad. And, and, and I keep, I don't want to be my father uh. who, who, at the end of the day, when you talk about beating boys, yeah, you, you got ass whooping. We got ass whooping. We got ass whooping, right? But that <laughs> is a that is a slave tactic holdover. Right. Let's be yeah. very clear. That That's is true. a slave holdover, and we literally took that slave holdover and incorporated it into our life. Master said, "The way you make these n words right. stay in line is to beat them." Right. And we somehow got that over 500 years uh, uh, indoctrinated in us and said, oh, the way you make your boys stay in line is to beat them at every turn. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I remember me, I used to, to had a, I had a technique. I tightened up my butt cheeks, make sure it didn't hurt as bad. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah, we all had that but one. I, I got whoopings all the time. Yeah. And I noticed I see myself, like you said, there's a part of me that keeps wanting you know, I'm, I'm gonna give you a spanking. I'm gonna give you no, 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 no. Stop that. That shouldn't even. That option should be off the table, mm-hmm. because if I can't actually figure out a different way to parent, then I'm not doing my work as a parent. Mm-hmm. I should be able to find discipline techniques that do not involve beating my child. I, I appreciate it, but I'm gonna spank a little ass every now and then. No, you don't. Every don't now and then, say that. Sp- that's not true. Now, Y'all don't even spank listen your to me. Kids. I don't even spank my kids. I'm just joking. But sometimes you really think they do. I'll grab my son's hand and be like, "Look, you might get a little spanking, but, but I, I, I think we what. do have to change the I mentality." I like the squeeze. I do this. There's, there's the a little squeeze. Yeah. Yeah. A little squeeze. <laughs> Gotta be something. Yeah, but you know what? I I hear you, slave mentality. I get the whole thing. But I appreciate some of them whippings I got because I was off the look chain. At you I now. needed a little, the little whipping I needed you a got. little look, more look. than a hand. The hand wasn't enough for me. I needed the rod. What the they switch. say? Spare the rod. Get a switch. Spare the child. It's that yeah. fine line of what ju- just because you turned out great doesn't, doesn't mean. mean it was because of the whoopings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the trauma is still there. It definitely is. <laughs> and then you have to go back and try to repair the child. And it's it's a hard process. Listen, I wish we yeah, could we sit can do this all day, and talk man. to you all they day. they wrapping us up, Hill. I never got a chance. We need about an hour. I never got a chance to ask him how you balance family life and, you know, being on the road all the time and like what that causes. Cause it's hard for, for us, you know, with our families, it creates just challenges. And so having a young boy at home, I know is difficult for you. Maybe you could quickly answer that as we go out. The one thing I lean back on is technology. I, you know, I couldn't imagine, you know, I've, I've had, he's, he's, he's five. So I've only had him for five years. So, so I've had the ability to FaceTime with, mm-hmm. with, with him. 
Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine before that when you couldn't actually see your child when you're on the road or or say good morning to them in their face, you know, so, so technology has offered a blessing, but, but I'll tell you, this pandemic has been a blessing because Uh I was on the road a decent amount and it eliminated all of that. And it's made me realize that, uh, you know, I probably am going to moving forward, say no to a lot of the things Mm -hmm. that take me on the road because Mm -hmm this time is so critical and you know and as much as being on the road and being with folks and being doing the work and the activism work on the ground and you know i gotta t- i gotta make sure i'm here for him as well and uh and and in our relationship has blossomed in a different way now he's acting up more so maybe when i'm on the road maybe it's better actually but uh but that's a whole different thing you know yeah, i love him so much appreciate yeah. you, man. but what was the movie because i t- i think we had this conversation it was a basketball <laughs> movie that Ooh. that you was in, my friend was like on the opposite team, and I was in the stands. I think we, I forgot what college we went to. It was somewhere like upstate New York, and you was in the movie. I forgot the name of the movie. So you talk, you're not talking about he got game because that's the one. Nope. That's the biggest basketball. That's movie the I biggest ever did. one. But, yeah. but I did a smaller basketball movie. It ended up being called. I think it ended up being called Across the Line. Yes, was that was the white it. School and the black school. Exactly. And that was, you know what's funny about this story? That was Tay Diggs's first movie. Wow. First movie. He played my older brother, and you know, and I had to teach him how to hit a mark and to do all this. He had just started doing Rent on Broadway. Wow. And and uh, and that was his first. That was his first film. And yeah, it was called Across the Line. Across the um, Line. Yeah, the producer who paid for most of the movie, he decided to hire his son as the as the 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 lead, and um, that was that was yeah, that was the end of that. Yeah, because I remember my friend Ray, my friend Ray had got like an extra role. He was good in basketball, so we all played basketball. So he's like, "Yo, we gonna take the bus. We are gonna all go up there and see if you can get a role." So I remember. I was watching y'all play the whole time. I was trying to get in the movie, but they wouldn't let none of us out. And I just remembered you out of everybody. They didn't let yeah, you that was fun, man. You know who else was in that? Was it's nice. Shout out to Bobito the Barber. Yeah, Bobito was there too. Bobito exactly. Bobito was there. Yep. Bobito was in that movie. And uh, yeah, man, it was that's Dope, a funny thing. Man. Jamal Joseph, brother Jamal Joseph directed that film. Um, shout out to Jamal. Much love. Thank well, I appreciate you, so much, you man. Hill. Thank you, Hill. We, we got to do this again, man. Voice for us. I'll come. I'll definitely come back. Yes. Come yeah. back. Hey, how about this? I'll come back around the centennial of the Black Wall Street massacre. So, Absolutely. so, so late May, we'll come back and talk about that. Love definitely. that. Love that. Thank you so Thank much, you, Hill. Kim. We'll see you soon. I appreciate you. All right. You All right. Peace. Take care. Be safe. Yes, sir. Well, you know, another person who I have a little bit of history with. Man. Not oh, only was the enemy dope, but no, I'm just saying. Even though he's our friend, they had when we look at the thing, it's not the movie that I was talking about wasn't even in the credits. This was actually his first movie. No, because when we look at when you when you read, just listen to what I'm saying. Yeah, because I don't understand. You just gotta calm down. Listen, when we have our sheet, right? The fact why why do men always say women have to calm down? I'm not Uh, excited. Okay, I'm just not clear what you're saying. So let me talk. If you let me say, that's when I say calm down means let me say what I'm Mm -hmm. saying, and then you can actually get my point. Okay, so the movie that I brought up, Cross the Lines, Mm -hmm. when we have our fact sheet about Hill Harper, it says his first movie was He Got Game with Spike Lee, Mm. which means I know a movie that he was in prior to that movie. Oh, so you know something. So I know a little something. I just brought up some history. Like These are are things that I So what you're trying to say is that our production team... What? 
didn't know about they, But they couldn't have really known because it was, a, you heard it, it was an underlying fact. It was things that didn't happen, but I was there. You know what I'm saying? I was, pre- I was that's present. That's really what, that's the whole The point. bottom line is okay. I was present. So man. the whole point is that my son was there yes. with Hill Harper during at least Tay Diggs' first movie. Tay I don't Dig- know Look, so y'all don't even know, look, the Tay history. Dig- you see the history? Look, I've I been around here, man. Now that's you what have. I'm saying. But no, nah, but that listen, was a good I, I tell people all the time, doesn't matter where we have traveled across the entire world doing our work. Everywhere we go, people are like, my son, my son, my son. In fact, there's some places outside the country. I think, I don't know, like whatever we, we had to do, whatever it was, it was like something for the like gathering Germany for justice in London. Paris or London, something It was like London. That. And there were people just crazy about, my son, I know your music. You know, it's diverse, the type of people who know you. It's not just black people. It's not just young people. It's not just people from your, our generation. It's generally uh, uh, just a large group of people who are really, really inspired by your work. So you okay. But still, the reason why they didn't choose you, you thought I forgot? Is I knew because you Because the reason that. why you didn't get chosen for that movie is because you're a basketball scrub. No. Your son, Nassan, plays better than you. He does play better than me, but know, I was never you know. a scrub. The reason why I didn't get an opportunity, they didn't have any more auditions. See, my oh, friend just said, come on, come on. You play ball, and if you just get on the court and they can see how good you play, they'll probably put you in the movie. But it didn't happen. It's like, yo, there's no more spots. We're going to keep you in mind for the next movie, all that. It never really happened. But I was there. That's all right. And Hill was a dope. Hill is amazing. Amazing. He's man. so amazing. He, he almost made me get... cry. Like you, I was I was sitting here. He was my therapist for a minute. You seen that, right? <laughs> I didn't even realize. No, that. I was like, into it was my like, own session. Yeah, so. I had my own session. I like. I was like, it's like dope. it's like as a mother. I don't think I know that as a man, you have your own feelings and experiences and challenges and things that you deal with. But it is really hard being the mother of a black son. It's really, really hard. It's hard being it's a black probably son. The, I'm sure it is hard to be a black son. When I think about your mom, Patricia, you know, and having multiple black sons, and I see her, like, you know, still, like, she in there with y'all. Like, that's that's a... And my mom, she's in there with her son. She want to know what's going on with her grown son and her grandchildren. And it's just... it's a it's, It takes a certain type of skill. And it also takes, as black women, we have to deal with our trauma. Because oftentimes, we, we place on young men the stuff that, or on men in general, the things that we either have been lacking or our fears. And that's why I love me some Will Smith. I love me some Will Smith. Because he often says... That the responsibility to take care of your own mental space and to make you happy is first. And then the rest of the world has a responsibility to do right by you. But you are the first person that has a responsibility to deal with and take care of you. And at the point that people around you don't benefit that process, then you have to eliminate them no matter how bad it hurts, no matter how, because you can't allow you to be abused and 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 hurt by others and then you go and transfer that hurt and pain onto your kids and especially not to say we will you know we're talking about young girls but our men it's a, it's a, it's real it's real and i see a lot of us i've done it talking to our sons i heard you say during the interview that you were the man of the house 
at a young as a young boy. And maybe you performed certain roles, but you weren't a man. But yet that's how you felt. And that's often right. we put that on our sons. Because often, unfortunately, in our communities, our, the sons are the only males there, right? Yeah. So you look to them for that testosterone, for that male energy. You want them to be that man. Yeah. You know, you put you 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 love them like they're men. You you want to raise them into be what you believe to be a man. So you 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 speak it into existence like anything else. You're saying, I'm gonna win. You know, they say you have to manifest destiny, right? So if you speak into a son and call on a man, you're hoping that it goes in. But sometimes it has an adverse effect to where there's too much, you know, responsibility and too much energy placed on that child that he can't even fulfill. Yeah, but but listen. but but before you, I I just I do say though, then we gotta figure out what is it? Is it that we're loving on our sons too much as mothers, or are we putting too much pressure on them? Or are we doing both? Like, what exactly is it, and is that causing the toxic masculinity issues that we talk about you often? Know my, my issue. Well, with that, I mean, that, because we, we have said that there's toxicity on all sides. Like, we all deal with toxicity, but. Are we as mothers also causing that because in some ways we are loving up and being hard on or being, I don't know, or, or, or forcing an adulthood in, in young men and the balance is, is not, it's not healthy, you know, for a child to grow in the right ways. Our communities also don't offer opportunity for kids to grow up and just be kids, but that's a whole different conversation. So you can introduce your guests if you like. I well, mean, it's so is much our to, guess, you this know? is my, like, yeah, you got these a lot. are my things that you I worry about. On. You got a lot. There's a lot. You know, I think you might need a little therapist. I, well, listen, you don't have to tell me. Don't think. I have one. Okay. I have well, one. Well, listen, I'm just trying to we say there's a, lot. there's a lot. There's a lot. To unpack there. Yeah. So I we, have what are we gonna do, when right? I don't have my therapist, I have my wine, but that's probably not the, the right thing. The wine is the therapist. Lord have mercy, help us. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Before we go to the next segment and have our special guest join, we're gonna take a quick break for our sponsors. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. That's how we own it! Listen, we're going to go into our change maker section. Oh, yeah. Where we have an incredible woman. An incredible Incredible, woman. incredible. Her energy, just speaking to her for two minutes, you see her energy is just <laughs> enormous. You know, she is a beautiful woman. She is driven. And she from New York City. Queens, she, I mean, we. you know, she from Queens, even though I'm from the Bronx, but Queens come from Queens. So we got to <laughs> respect that. But this is Miss Colette Smith. She is the first black woman but she is the first black woman to be the coach of the New York Jets, to, to be, be one no, of the coaches. The, she's the first black woman to be a coach within the NFL, NFL period. period, but the first woman to be a coach of the New York Jets. Okay. And that is the story. Get it right. Get it right. That's right. Thank you for joining Thank us, you Queen. Thank you so much. I'm like, I'm like, Tamika, Tamika was dead on. All right. I, I'm <laughs> like, here, you know what? And here we go once again. With why we got to separate what's right and what's wrong. Women get it right. Yeah. Men just do whatever they do. <laughs> you know, and look, Shots and look, fired off the I'm gate. I'm going to take that. Out boom. the gate. I'm going to take look, that. Look, boom. When Tamika talks, she her. was like, let's get it right. She got it right. She's the first black woman to coach NFL history, and she happens to be the first female that coaches New York. Okay, well, listen. So, just I, saying. As a, listen to me, as a black man, I stand corrected. Mm. Tamika was 100% oh. correct. And Queen, we do not want to take away your historic. Yeah, yeah. Your historic yeah. woman. You are the first <laughs> black woman to coach in the NFL ever in the history wow. of the NFL. Are there more now, Colette? Are there more? There are. Oh, great. There are. So, so, so you know what? As our, as our Madam Vice President, Kamala Harris, and listen, Madam Vice President, MVP, for me as a MVP, woman in football... Okay. MVP normally means most valuable player, hmm. but now MVP has a different definition to me. I'm getting goosebumps. Now it's not most valuable player. It is Madam Vice President. Wow. As she would say, the first, but not the last. Hmm. Yes, there are others after me. And I love them. I support them. I respect them. I cheer for them. Yes, there are. Why don't, and I don't watch football. So I'm about to say something that's like a little disingenuous. But I do turn it on or flip by it or, you know, my family members watch it. Why don't I see more of you all on the news and, you know, uh, uh, speaking about the games and running up yeah. and, you know, I don't, I don't see a focus on the women because yeah. I didn't even know women were really coaches. I knew there were very a very few, which there probably still are. But when I say very few, I'm thinking maybe one tops. And you're saying there are multiple. There are multiple. I can only tell you my experience. Mm -hmm. My experience when I became the first NFL black female coach by way, by way of being the first black, the first female coach in, in New York Jets franchise history, I was muffled. 
They didn't want to bring any attention to me. They were trying to be just doing whatever they do. We're muffled because I don't believe, I, I, I believe a guilty conscience, mm. a guilty conscience is so raw that they're like, you know what? If we start parading this, it's going to, it's going to take away or amplify what is really wrong that we're doing. There's so much wrong that the NFL does. And mind you, I'm a football girl. I love the NFL. I love sports. I love football. But there's so much that they're not doing right. Mm. So I was silenced. By the way, I'll tell you this. I was told by marketing and PR people, hey, you're not really any, anybody here. Mm. You're new here. We don't, we don't. Uh, do marketing campaigns or press conferences for new people. You're new. And I was like, okay, I'll take that. But it was beyond being new. I was the only woman you ever had to coach in franchise history. So the other teams, in my opinion, the other teams, they let the female coaches have more interviews and they applauded. They brought that in with me and the New York Jets. Now we're talking... Let me get, you know what? Ain't nobody paying my checks but me. So I don't owe anybody anything. I'll say this just to be 100% real. I got no glory, no nothing with the New York Jets. I didn't. Everything I did was on my own, my own assertions. Your own relationships. Did it, do you think you said the other teams gave their women, the women that work for their teams, opportunity to speak? You know, do you think it was because you were black? You were a black woman? Were they white women? Was it has to you do with what? race or did it have to do with sex? What do you think was the main factor that you weren't speaking? Um, I think for several reasons. One of them is that I was the only black one. The other girls, and look, the other white girl, and they were all white. Mm. They got those interviews with ESPN, NFL Films. Uh, they got all of that. I didn't get any of those. I would have to think as a black woman that sees what goes on and what goes down with black people in America for centuries, that it had to do something with me being a black girl. Mm. Yeah, that's so my answer is yes. How do you yeah. become an NFL player and you didn't play? Coach. I mean, a coach and you didn't play. I actually was a women's pro football player. Pro football player, but, wow. But I, I will say wow. this. There are some NFL coaches that have never played that are top-tier coaches. Wow. See? There are, there, are, there, are, there are several. So now, let's take that and multiply by, uh, by racism, mm. by genderism, by classism. And here, I heard, and I hear it a whole lot, oh, she never played and she never, and I'm like, so you're going to tell me I never played, so I don't deserve to be an NFL coach. Meanwhile, there are other men, white men, that have never played that are top-tier coaches. So come on. I've been, we have been dealing with lynching of Black people for years in all different forms, mm. whether it be from a tree whether it be from a newspaper article, whether it be from our not having good schools, please somebody tell me something different because mm -hmm. I know what time it is. 
you've been through a lot of personal things as well. Um, you know, I, I'd love to hear from you your story because, you know, there's the professional side, but then there's always the other side that we don't get to talk about enough that while we're climbing the ladder and we're smiling and looking good and walking in the room, cause I have seen you and you do that. You walk in the room looking good, but on the inside, there's other things going on. Um, and, and this actually, this episode and what we're talking about is mental health. And so coupled with the idea that you were fighting being muffled, you were also dealing with personal challenges Talk a little bit about what you have experienced. So um, I am, I, I personally am a five-time rape survivor. Mm. Um, since then, I've been a three-time suicide survivor, right? So when, 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 when a woman or a man or a boy gets raped, you know, I have family. I'm a black girl. My family is from the South, Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, and grandma would tell me, Oh, child, stop, leave it alone. So now you don't know what to do because your insides tell you, respect your elders, but your heart and your spirit says something's not right. Mm -hmm. Like why ain't, why ain't y'all standing up mm. to support me? So I've never had that true support. So for me, every step I take, every thought I have is to empower black youth black girls and women to know that, yeah, your thoughts are credible. Your thoughts are worthy. So for me, uh, there's a, there's a lot that goes on in a person's mind where I can, I can just simply say that God gave me the vehicle in which to believe in myself. Mm. I, you know what? I'm going to say this to Mika for years. I would pray to God and I would say, God, please one day make me important. Mm -hmm. Give me a platform. And I was praying that prayer as if I wasn't important. Mm. And this is what the world brings to black people as if we're not worthy. We have to be like, yes, Massa. Okay, Massa. And if, if Massa lets us do something, we should be grateful. I fought with that as a child, knowing that something's not, something ain't right. Mm. I always felt that way. So now you figure years later, God gave me football. And the moment he gave me football, I was like, wait, wait a minute. What? Women in football, pro football? I wanted to play football my whole life, but I was told because I'm a girl, I'm not allowed to play. The same way I might think because I'm black, I can't ride the bus. Because I'm black, I'm not allowed to read a book. Because I'm black, I can't vote. So all this was bigger and greater and more than, than me as a woman playing football. It's bigger than football. And God knew, God knows I am his servant. And not only am I his servant, I am a servant warrior. Because he knows, put me out there, let's go game on mm. i'm a fight that's right i'm a fight for you to believe in yourself for your children to believe that they're worthy and guess what at the same time that's fighting for me for all of my hardships for all of my suicide attempts i'm 
I can say I'm, I'm a three-time suicide survivor, but there were probably more attempts that could have happened mm. that didn't. So we, we face a lot of issues. And I think our issues, you know what? I'm going to put the blame. I, I'll do that. I'm going to put the blame on somebody else because somebody should have been protecting me. Mm. Somebody should have been telling me I'm worthy. Well, I didn't have that. So it is my innate duty mm. to, to know what I know and start my own company called Believe in You Incorporated through my platforms of me being the first black woman to coach in NFL history and the first female to coach in New York Jets franchise history to use those platforms to empower kids that are underserved in marginalized communities. So what? Let's go game. Well, I just want to say as a black man that I, I, I'm, I'm sad that you had to go through what you and, and if I was you know if I could have done anything <laughs> to help I wish I was there yeah, if you just, was there you know just yeah, you know man. a lot of times you hear you it's hear these beautiful. things and just hearing your pain and just understand as a black man it's our duty to protect you and you know we mm -hmm. failed in that aspect so many times and hearing your pain just just it kind of just breaks my heart but just seeing that you were able to you know to persevere past that and overcome and not only overcome but to thrive Someone, they have a place to come through when they feel like you felt, when they, you felt like you weren't worthy. Like now you created a space and a place for these young black people to come to and say, yo, you know what? I am worthy. Mm -hmm. You know, so I just want to celebrate you. Are you. Worthy. you are Not worthy. just me, mm. you are. That's right. And you know what? I don't feel any hardship for other black men. Mm. I mean, mind you, as a single black woman, I deal with a whole lot of bullshit. <laughs> I don't need to, from black men. I will say this, your pain is not mine. I can, we can talk through it, but for me, from pain to power mm -hmm. is how I live, right? So when I visit schools and I, and I visit schools in black neighborhoods, I meet most, most children are sad. Most children will only believe that they will most of our black kids will only believe that they're going to be the same way their mama or their daddy is in the same projects. And mm -hmm. for me, I'm like, no, you you can do more. Mm. You can do more. So when I tell them, I am you, I am you, mm. and you are me, and I've done what I've done. I'm the first black woman That's to right, coach. Say it me. again. First and you are me. That's right. Now I feel so sad for even making that mistake. What you can't do. Mm -hmm. well, oh listen, no, but it's it, it, for making that no, mistake. No, but it's okay. I mean, don't. I don't think we should beat ourselves up about mistakes because this space is a space where mistakes that get corrected are good. We can Boom. do that, right? Amen. There's so much that black folks have, so much that we possess that could heal another, you know, if we just had the time to sit and delve into our pains, our traumas, yeah. the things we've been through. There are people who will sit here and say, well, how can you get raped five times? Like what happened the first, second, and third time? Right. Because we are so ignorant sometimes. There are yep. people to say, well, why did you try to kill yourself three times? And what's, you know, but yep. at the end of the day, First of all, some of us are drinking ourselves and drugging ourselves. We trying to commit suicide right now and just not acknowledging yeah. that that's right. what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, but beyond that, 
you have such a powerful story. And what you can do to transform the lives of young black women, when we work. And men. Yes, and men. Because hearing your story just makes a man want to step up and just be better. So definitely. But, you know, the work that we do, we go into communities where our people are really, really damaged. Really damaged. There's different levels to this thing. You can go to some communities and work with people and they have a little bit of means and people clean up around their community, you know, and they and they have a little bit of, um, you know, camaraderie, if you will. But we go into communities and work with people who are really broken, who really don't have, I mean, they live in situations that some of us, we couldn't survive, period. Yeah. In those right, situations. Right. And those are the types of people who need to hear your story. So I'm just encouraging you. I know it still hurts. You, I'm, you, you've done the healing I know. work. I'm, I'm Tamika. I'm cool. I know. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm yeah. cool. Yeah. So for me, yeah, I, I am in those communities that need me mm. the most. I am. I have principals that will call me and say, "We need you here." Yes. We. I need my children to hear your pain, your struggles your tragedies to your triumphs keep doing it and, and i will not stop game doing on it. you just blessed me and there's Amen. so many of us who say lord you know if you would give me a platform i will i will tell your stories i will do your work and um and you're doing it collect we appreciate you we love and support mm-hmm. you and you know i want to see you i i, I got to figure out something else we could do together because right. we need to see let, you let me know whatever i could time. do man. I, I really just appreciate your transparency and your perseverance man yeah. and your passion so you know i'm inspired i'm motivated by you continue Thank to be you. great and just walk in your purpose cuz yeah. you definitely Absolutely. are doing that Thank you. Appreciate you. The first black woman to coach in the NFL history and the first woman to be a coach at the New York Jets. Yes, ma'am. We We love love you, you. Colette. Love you. Love you right back. Let's go. Yes. Game on. (laughs) Game on. Game on. (laughs) Thanks, Colette. Take care. Love you guys. Love you. Appreciate you. That was great. That was was so great. Like, like you just don't even, you know. Sometimes you we we do interviews and they're good interviews and you smile, you laugh, you have a good time. But you know that that interview pushed me to somewhere else. You know, pushed me to to understand that when you living in your purpose, you know, no matter what you've gone through, you know, looking at her and the energy that she has, you know, the transparency, like she's willing to cry, she's willing to fight, she's willing to do all the things necessary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To win, man. So I, I was motivated by that interview, man. I thank us for even having the ability. You think, uh, like, you thank like to, us. Uncle Snoop say, uh, I like to thank myself. I'm going to thank myself. Yeah, man. I, I thank us for having the ability, right? And, and doing whatever we've done to be able to connect with people like that, yeah, right? Yeah. When we that talk about our friends. That's important to us. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, we sometimes, I, I'm not a person, you know, we not we don't have egos or anything, but we yeah, actually we do. do. I mean, we don't have big egos that overshadow the work. That's true. Right? But we, we identify our worth. We identify that we actually out here doing work. But when you look and see that we're able to connect with and, you know, share space with so many, you know, 
beautiful people, so mm. many just powerful people. And we have, those are, these are just friendships. These are just connections that we made. So, you know, I want to thank us for that. We're going to thank us. Thank us. I want to thank us for well, that. Well, they say a little ego is necessary in order for you to be great. So, amen. And we are definitely chasing greatness. A little lot. A little lot. Listen to me. I know. I know what I could do. <laughs> a little Listen, lot. I just know what I could do. I know. Well, that's what I can true. You're do. very confident. Yeah. I don't know. You you got an ego, but you're confident more than, than. Yeah, but I, when I say I could do something, it's because I could do it. I don't know. You know what? Is there a difference between being confident. having an ego and being egotistical? I mean, we all have an ego. It's just how big it is, or how you use it. That too. How about that? How about that? One thing we don't do is use our anything to hurt other people. And I think that's what matters. Some people would say they don't agree with that, but you know. So as we talk about egos and we talk about the work we've done and how, you know, we should acknowledge we've done some dope shit. We've done some we've good done shit. Some dope shit. That's my new slogan. That's my new slogan. What? What is it? It is um, just a regular chick who's done some historic shit. Like, that's my new right. thing that now I that's, say. That's, Cause that's I have shit. to find a way to like get people to understand who I am. It's they struggling with it. Well, you know what it is. I think that brings me to I don't get it. To my, you don't get it. You know, Ooh, I'm scared when, of what, how. No, because and it's about you. Oh hell! You know, no. I, I want my because it's a, no. it's specifically about you, right? <laughs> Who's done some historic shit? Who constantly every time is called on the front lines? She does things that surpassed the last thing she's done is so anti being celebrated. You know, like they'll call you and say, we want to give you this award. Tamika, I don't want no awards. We'll be like, Tamika, you need to do this. I don't, I, we need to promote this. I don't want to promote. Don't put me up there speaking. I don't want to do it. Let somebody else do it. Like we literally have to force you into receiving accolades and taking space that you actually earned. And I just don't get what is the issue with you doing the work like and you do it selflessly it's not and i'm not saying that you you should um do the work or do things to be celebrated but you do the work and you deserve to be celebrated you've earned these awards you've earned these accolades you've earned spaces in certain places so i just don't Speaking get why certain places yeah you know i just don't get why you are so anti receiving these acc- accolades you really no, I mean, I hear, but I want you to explain. Is that because really your, you, that's, you, I don't get it. Are we it. doing a retake here now? No, I really just don't get it. I just don't get it. Like, you just, boom, the NAACP. NAACP is nominated you, right? We like, oh, this is dope. You need to, and you like, no, no, for don't. For Image Award. For Image Award. She's like, no, I don't want to post that. Don't put nothing up about me. And we're like, oh, we need to create a, you know, our manager toys. Like, we need to create a campaign. We need to be doing these things. Oh, no, I don't want to do this. You know, people have to pull teeth for you to even want to promote it or say anything about it. I said a whole thing. No, you saying I, you... But you're asking the question of why, and it was in my statement about how grateful I am for the award, uh, for the nomination, which is an award in itself, right? So when... I, I didn't know. 
I didn't understand until recently, like the NAACP Image Awards, if you're nominated, that's a big thing because that means that somewhere along the line, people narrow down the choices of all the people in the world that or in the, the country that they could choose and they narrowed it down to five important people. And I'm in a category that is really, really like hot, like it's, it's, it's powerful. I'm in a category with Debbie Allen, like how the hell do I get in the category with Debbie Allen? Like, as far as I'm concerned, Debbie Allen work, changed black women and the way we see ourselves. Like, she's so amazing. I'm in the category with LeBron James. That's amazing. Um, of course, you know, uh, uh, April Ryan, uh, who I love and admire so much. And then, of course, Stacey Abrams, which... In my judgment, Stacey Abrams is going to win. Like, she's going to get the award. I probably would vote for her myself if I was even with me on the slate. I would still vote for Stacey Abrams right now. Just understanding everything that she has done uh, to get people in Georgia to the polls and her contribution, not just then, but running for governor, stepping out there, not being afraid, and not being bitter from the fact that they stole the election from her to, to go home and say she's done with it, but to keep coming back and not to just come back and keep running for different offices, but instead to create something that actually makes real change and has a real impact, um, you know, on our people. And so I, I, um, I appreciate all of them, but the first time I did write it. And what I said was that, you know, being that I have, I've been through a lot of this before, not the Image Awards, even though we were acknowledged at the Image Awards a few years back for the work that Justice League was doing. Carmen and, and Jamal was up there, um, Bryant, Reverend Jamal Bryant, um, and others. So we have been, especially the work that we have been doing in Flint, Michigan, um, we were acknowledged for that during the Image Awards several years ago. But being nominated by myself and acknowledged outside of it being a threesome with Carmen and Linda or the Women's March or something like that, that that's 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 feels good and it's important I, of course it is but I've been on the cover of Glamour magazine I've been honored by every single organization you could think of and particularly particularly major like historic women's organizations uh, organizations that people like Gloria Steinem are founders of and sit on the board I mean I've seen all of this but I also have felt the brunt of how you can be exalted on one side and then torn down on the other and so sometimes it just feels more comfortable to stay under the radar because once people begin to see you receiving your well-deserved credit, the haters come like they have never ever been on you before. And the pro and and, I, and and to be honest, since we're talking about mental health today, it is I'm still dealing with the trauma of what I experienced when I was under a major major attack. And I think the thing that impacted me the most wasn't even the attack because people around me, they told me and showed me and reminded me of what I already know, that most leaders, black leaders, have experienced the exact same attack that no, I went that's, through. That's exactly not, the same. Not even a little, exactly the same. Right. And, and some of them have been killed. So at least I'm still here because Dr. King was 39. And so I'm, you know, I'm 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 surpassing him in age. Right. And I'm not saying I'm anything like Dr. King because see, they'll come after me for that. But who is they? 
we can do a whole episode yeah, on about that. Day. I don't. But but I have I've I've seen this right, and I know how it feels, and the trauma that I experienced, what I went through. I don't know if I have been able to get over it, and then the worst part of it is watching people who you served. People you stood for and with, people you worked for and with, and 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 really um, supported and and dedicated so much of your life to, turn their backs on you, and to have other people stand up more for you that don't even know you, and to be there for you than those who you actually thought loved and cared for you, despite whatever may have happened, wherever you guys may have, you know, wherever you might fall out, as we say. To see that happen, it's extremely painful. Now, as far as I'm concerned, I'm at the point of bump those people. Like, I'm, I'm beyond that. But I know what that feels like. And I hate, I, I don't even want to put people close to me in a position to have to learn that they so full of shit like some of the people that I have learned that about in my past. So it's just a lot so of trauma. trauma. It's a lot of trauma. It's something that my uh, is this something that, oh, that's I all I to say. Are you speaking through. Yes, me and my therapist, we are deep into it. My therapist is specifically trying to address how I, you know, how I have to be able to let go. That was our last conversation. It was about letting go of the past because the past is hindering me from experiencing the now. Like, I don't even get a chance to feel good about a moment because I am living in this, you know, feeling of like, when are they going to come? And I already know. I already know that somebody somewhere is waiting on the opportunity as soon as they can grab onto something to try to destroy me. Now, what I also know, and this is what sustains me. This is why I do get to the point where I post the thing and I say the stuff and I finally be like, I don't care. Let me put my cute outfit on and go take a picture and post it. And I don't care if you like it or not. And yes, haters can hate. I don't care. But when I get to that point is when I sit down and recognize how, how good God has been to me and how throughout every situation, even in the worst, worst of times, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And how many people, how new friends, new supporters, people who were always there, but you weren't necessarily paying attention to them, how they show up and they show out and they stand for you. And that no matter what people are saying about you, the real ones get it. The real ones get that we're not perfect. We make mistakes. We do things that people may not understand. Uh, the real ones get that, you know, it's not going to always look shiny, but it still is a process that you go through that I feel like I don't have to go through it if you just don't give me nothing. I'm good. I'm and I, good. Th I think for me, right, and I understand that and I hear it, and I think when we talk about what Hill was talking about, right, about this armor that we wear, I think I've been in those situations, right? I've been incarcerated for crimes I didn't commit. At a, a peak time in my life, my career, I was just signed a record deal, the hottest person in the world, had all these producers, all these artists that was calling me, yo, we want to do this and that. When you was locked up, people wanted to connect themselves to you because it gave them some level of, you know, um, credibility. credibility. Yeah, and they were yeah. like, oh, I'm, that's my man. And then when you actually come home and people don't feel like they benefit you or they can benefit from you right. and you're not as hot, they've... They're turning back on you. People have blackballed you and, and done certain things. And I think the fact that I was able to go through prison and utilize this shell that I had, right, 
and say to myself, I don't need these people. Like that's how I've persevered. Like I've been like I was I heard my man Gilly and um Wallow talking about how many lives he had. He said I had about four or five lives. They thought I was dead Every four or time. five times, right? That's and, a fact. and and I continue because I believed in me more than anything. When you was telling me I was trash, I was the worst person, I was I'm dead, don't rap again, don't do this. I never believed that, right? I always believed that I was better than what somebody else didn't believe I was, right? So when I see you going through this, and I'm like, yo, you have the opportunity to not only to um, prove the naysayers wrong, but continue to move in your greatness. And it's because you've been authentic, right? So receive your accolades. I do receive them. No, not you, but you you receive them. But the people who know you be like, oh, they know that it, it's it's pulling teeth for you to be able to do things. I'd be like, post I do it. You them. you you know, and you worry so much about how you received a lot, right? It's Even though you move, listen worry. to me. Let me you just are, get but my you are, thing. But you are mischaracterizing what it is. It's not that I'm worried about it. It's that despite what some people would think. I have always been a very humble person, right? And I don't know if you can call yourself humble, but I've I even I I I know that I'm I know I'm fly, right? I know that it's no doubt in my mind. I'm clear that I have all the things that make up a great woman. I know that because even my imperfections make me who I am. I know that. You know what I understand? <laughs> this is the truth. I know I will also whoop somebody's ass. So I realized that I can't be getting into too many back and forth with some of these people that be bothering the, me about, about my about, success. See, that's what I'm trying to tell you is I have to let them, let them, let them just talk and the, let me be quiet. That's it. No, see, the problem there. is you don't have to be quiet to let them just talk, right? Because I said you say, Mice, you need to sit and I say that. I'm like, I'm definitely gonna say that, and you be like, <laughs> yeah, I don't even understand like, you, know, you. And you, I'm you, be you like, want to whoop somebody? No, I, ass. I don't want to. But have <laughs> I whooped somebody's ass? Listen, we I got No, the bottom line is. I'm so comfortable in who, who I am and what I believe that what you think of what I believe has no bearing. Like somebody told me, your opinion of me is your business. So that's what you got to realize. Wow. What somebody feels about what you, your act, which God has given to you, ain't nobody can take it from you. Oh, so go out there and get it. God hallelujah. God. And on that note. Hallelujah. And on that note. The, the church, the doors of the church are open. And on that note. It's I appreciate the world acknowledging the things that we've done. That's and right. when I receive an award or I receive some acknowledgement, I receive it on behalf of so many people who helped to make up Tamika Mallory's story. Amen. And we about to get them t-shirts. What is it again? It is, um, I'm just a regular chick who's done some historic shit. T-shirts Until Freedom coming soon. <laughs> Listen, marketing and promotion. Oh, but, but you are Until Freedom. Nah, you gonna pay you? No, no. That's not how business works. So. We need to talk to our director, Cat Trig, because that's not how... Uh, uh, uh business work. Nah, you're using my likeness. But, but you, until freedom is you using your likeness. No, what you talking ain't. about? It's a board. And a anyway, board listen, man. Yeah. I ain't gonna always be right. Tamika might be a lot, lot of times wrong more than she's right, <laughs> but she's still a good person. But you know one thing: we both are always gonna be authentic. Always that. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Street politicians. Peace. Street politicians. Peace. Number one. Number one. We number one. Number one. Number one. In the world. Put it in the world. Number one. We got to get up there and beat the others. We got to keep working. Peace. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.